1: Welcome to the podcast. Today, Bill O'Reilly is here to react to all of the news from the week, including uh, the Flynn investigation, as well as the latest developments in the economy and in politics. We got the unemployment rate uh, uh, right before the show and 14.7 uh, percent. We'll go into the details on that. How, what does it mean in perspective? We'll get into uh, all of the details on that, as well as uh, uh, the, the salon owner here in Texas who was able to uh, to get released from prison yesterday or released from jail yesterday thanks to big efforts from activists like you uh, if you happen to be one and also the governor of the state we'll get into that as well uh, go to com slash glen. use the promo code glen. get 30 bucks off I think they're entering this deal next week so if you want to uh, get that you gotta act now and here's the podcast you're listening to
0: the best of the Glenn Beck program. Oh, man. Okay.
2: All right, it's not... It's not exactly good news. Just in the first two weeks of April now, we have just the first two weeks in April rolling into this average. This is not the whole month. This is the first time we're getting a look at the unemployment number uh since we started the lockdown so in two weeks how long have we been going now almost eight weeks Stu.
1: yeah i guess we're coming up on this is the (sighs) end because the six the six weeks to stop the spread ended last week so this would be the the end of the seventh week
2: all right so we only have two of those seven weeks and it's still getting worse uh I think we actually Our unemployment we, rate. Yeah, we're further along than that. I think we actually we'd have
1: four because it was uh, Oh, do we really oh, last, that makes me feel better. The last two weeks of March and the first two weeks of April, I believe, are here. So we still are missing the last couple wow. of weeks, which we've seen multiple millions more go on the unemployment rolls. Yeah. 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 Um, but yes. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead.
2: So we have we have lost 20 million jobs. Uh, Twenty point eight million jobs have been lost. Um, and our unemployment number has gone from the best it's ever been, what was it, 3.5 or 3.8? 3.5, yep. It's not the best it's ever been, but it's best <sighs> it's ever been in a very long time. Uh, to um, the worst uh, we have seen in uh, quite some time. Uh, we're at now 14.6. I don't have it in front of 14, me. 14.7. 14.8, mm-hmm. Fourteen point six fourteen seven everything but the 14.7 so, getting better than
1: that <laughs> yeah exactly fourteen point seven the worst uh i mean clearly the worst it's been in a very very i mean the worst it's uh, since the depression uh, since the depression for sure uh and you know when they talk yeah. about speed here is another issue the worst the worst in the great recession for one month was a loss of eight hundred thousand jobs the worst oh o- of all time record of all time was september nineteen forty five and that was a loss of two million. We lost twenty. No, wait, 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 wait.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me put this into perspective. Sure. That last one that was so bad was actually very good because we were laying people off because we could stop making tanks. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we, when we stopped making tanks and ships and airplanes, all right, we were we were. We were manufacturing an entire war machine for the world. And that month, when the war was over, we only lost two million jobs. (laughs) This in a month, we have lost 20 million, 10 times the amount. Mm -hmm. And uh, we haven't started uh, stopped fighting a war and uh, there is no, uh, you know, nineteen, you know, uh, you know, nineteen fifty Chevy on the horizon uh, that's going to come quickly. It's not like, oh, we just have to retool. Hey, everybody's coming home. Let's build houses. Right. Uh-uh.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, uh, so it, this one's really bad. You do have some of these jobs that hopefully snap back. I mean, I'll tell you, I went out. Uh, I only went out for four meals last weekend. Uh, Because I thought you were (laughs) crazy, crazy, (laughs) four different times. Um, The second time we went out, I mean, we were desperate here. Uh, The second time we went out, uh, we talked to a guy who worked at a restaurant and the restaurant was, you know, in the middle. Picture this really nice restaurant, uh, relatively new last year or two in built in between three hotels. Not a lot of people at the mm. hotels these days. That's a kind of an issue. Yeah, so even right. when you open, who's going to your restaurant? So there's basically nobody right. at this place. We're talking to the guy for a long, uh, a long time, and it was the first day Texas had allowed restaurants to be open. And he said, you know, immediately when this happened, he got laid off. And he was waiting, you know, just like so many Americans. With the intent, though, the, the belief that eventually he was going back to the same job. Uh, and that is what happened. Uh, he is now back at the place. And and, and again, that's not going to be the case for everybody. But some of those jobs, as these things reopen, will snap back. It's just a matter of how many. And again, they're running at 25
2: percent capacity, which they were not hitting. The jobs that will snap back that are, are, that are pretty easy are anything to do. Well, for instance, Mexico is now having a beer shortage Okay, because <laughs> beer was not essential. So, those jobs are coming back. I mean, if you're in the <laughs> alcohol industry, you might see a boom. Uh, those no, jobs aren't coming in, back. It, specifically, I'd be corona a little nervous maybe. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder if they change their name in the end. I doubt they do. I mean, but people, people it, it did affect them. They really did think that I'm not drinking Corona beer, which is stupid. It, it, it's not, it doesn't come from Corona beer. Um, but anyway, uh, the the jobs that you have that are entertainment based i talked to michael cole you know who michael cole is stu uh mm-hmm. michael cole he's a big big uh, uh concert uh promoter and producer okay. he did the rolling stones he mm-hmm. does you know all, all the big names um and uh he wrote to me last night and and uh and i said how long before you're you're back to work. He said, I think it's going to be 18 months before any industry of of entertainment's really coming back. Jeez. And that's with my fingers crossed. I mean, that that job is and I think restaurants are going to be in this. I think people are anxious to go out to restaurants, but just not crowded restaurants. So restaurants will be open and they'll be doing it. But I think people are not going to be standing in like You know, the the Cheesecake Factory where you're it's just jam packed. And you're all standing in line to get in those kinds of restaurants, I think, are going to be are going to be a little more difficult um, to uh, snap back. So I don't know how restaurants are going to make enough money to make a real profit, but maybe they could keep their their businesses open. The ones who are really in trouble, if you worked for a small business, uh, that is I have friends. (laughs) They wrote last night and said they are opening up their bookstore And they said, um, you know, they've got this little bookstore in Indiana and it's they're just great people. And they said, um, uh, we opened it up. And the first day, all of our friends came in and bought a book and all of our you know, loyal customers, they all bought a book. Uh, They said, but it has been ghost town since then. But they're hoping for travel because they're in this this cute little, you know, vacation kind of spot. And they said they make most of their money in the summer. Now I think travel is um I think travel's going to snap back but it's going to be the old way I think. I don't think people are going to get into an airplane right away. I think they're going to be driving a lot. I know I we're going we're planning on going vacation on vacation uh and we're planning on driving across and not for, for any other reason other than I just like driving. Um but and I, and I hate airports, but there's no reason to get into an airplane if you can drive. Mm-hmm. uh right now yeah so i think that's gonna be did, did you see frontier is offering seats for as low as 35 dollars if you want to buy the seat next to you oh really <laughs> you just you, to add on essentially 35 you a space. bucks mm-hmm. yeah you don't want to sit next to somebody it's 35 bucks that's smart that's holy a, cow that's a
1: smart way of handling it though very smart you know we, we saw some so uh, pictures yesterday of planes that are still packed as as the, as the old days you know like i mean middle seats all filled a lot of them are going very empty but occasionally those things still happen which is just at this point so strange um you know but i think that there's that uh like i i, I don't know if i told you the story glenn i was You know, looking at uh, the flight for uh, the upcoming Super Bowl, which I you know book well in advance uh, to try to get not um, nosebleed prices, and I thought this time Mm -hmm. like I can really get hooked up. I I mean, this is going to be like twelve dollars to (laughs) to go to Tampa in February if this game even occurs. Which they did announce the schedule last night, and they're supposedly keeping it on schedule for the moment. Um, But uh, what uh, something happened that I've literally never seen in my entire life i don't I doubt anybody in this audience has ever seen it. Maybe if you're a frequent business traveler you've seen it. Never seen it before. The first class ticket was less expensive than the coach ticket. I have what? no explanation as to why that occurred. Uh, you know maybe it was a computer error or maybe just people are just not buying that type of seat at all. But I was like, eh, first
2: class at Super Bowl. Screw that. I'm doing it. <laughs> they, wow. And the good thing That's is. That's not going to last. No, I know. it's. it's you not, know, if you're smart. If you're smart. Well, if you're, you're risky you could i wonder if you could buy a bunch of those first class seats and then resell them when everybody when if things go normally <laughs> and everybody's trying to get to the super bowl you've got a whole bunch of first class seats that you could charge nosebleed prices for StubHub for airline tickets i don't know if that, that exactly exists right but yes. i like it i'm gonna go for it. yes <laughs> it's a good idea uh it, i
1: mean why not i mean it is it illegal to do that i don't think you can do it because of all the security stuff about oh, because security yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right you're it's right, a great idea right. though i, I ah. like the, i like the i like the way you're working the system (laughs) (laughs) al-qaeda i could have been a rich man i could have been somebody they will by the way uh give you an opportunity you can change flights right now again i don't know if anybody else is in this world i always think of these situations and try to figure out ways to what's the best is there any way to take advantage of this situation in you know in some you know long-term thing that like no one's thinking of and i was like ah, flights it would be interesting if you go on and you book a flight right now, at least I know it's American and I think a bunch of other airlines, until May thirty first, there you can change it uh you can change any of the times for no cost. So uh you have to look at obviously all the details and you know your airline, your area. But I I thought that was interesting in that like if you're planning a vacation, you're like, I don't know, is it gonna happen in August? It might be worth just booking the flights. Wow. And you can always change them later. The prices are cheap. And you can always go on and change, uh, you know, the the actual timing of it if this stuff doesn't wind up panning out.
2: Yeah, and I don't think that's going to last very long because I, I will tell you, I I live in a place where I can see the flight pattern into Dallas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the planes, you know, all stack up, and so at night it's kind of cool to watch all these planes, these lights in the sky. You're like, they're UFOs, man! They're all UFOs. <laughs> uh, they're all lining up, and you can see them kind of coming in for the flight pattern. Um, and we have noticed that the skies have been a little dark uh, lately here in Dallas but it is picking back up or starting to see the flight pattern start to pick up again which yeah. is encouraging yeah you're encouraging. seeing this- by the way mm-hmm. go uh, go uh, just, just by the way i just want to say mm-hmm. t- tonight yeah. at uh, uh, on blaze tv for subscribers only a ufo show yes oh I'm going into, this is going to be great. Mm. I'm going into uh, all of the latest uh, releases of the UFO. Two guys who actually worked for the government in that program, uh, you know, studying the UFOs going to be with us tonight. That's a good, I like that. That's a fun distraction right there. It's going to be good. I need to have that. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Quickly, I was
1: just going to say that that we're seeing uh, the data on mobility, which is one of these things that's popped out of this crisis and that you realize they they really do have access to a lot of, of your data and your movements. Um, but they a lot of these services are like putting out these mobility numbers, which is showing how much people are moving. And you see, first of all, you see before the government got involved at all. The uh, mobility people going to various places dropping, you know, like a stone in water, right? Like, I mean, it's just going it has nothing to do with the government people. This argument has been so much about the government policy, which is obviously important at some level. But generally speaking, all of these things were happening whether whatever the government said that we could do them or not. They all said, you know, like all this movement happened long before any government bans. People stopped going to restaurants. People stopped going uh, going on these trips. They were doing it on their own because they were scared for their lives. Right. Um, And the same thing is happening now before the government is releasing these things, you know, saying, oh, guys, you guys can go outside again. People are just starting to go back outside now. They've taken their time. They understand now the risk. They've been able to internalize it. They've been able... They realize that we've been able to build up some of the stockpiles and God forbid something Mm -hmm. happens. And that was what this was pitched at. And I think was the uh, appropriate... uh, An an appropriate understanding of what the situation was. Uh, Now we're at the end of that. People are leaving whether they want it or not. The government policy doesn't seem
2: to have much of a factor at all in what people are really doing. No. Did you hear about Mark Cuban? This is creepy. I think Mark Cuban did secret shoppers here in Dallas, and he hired a bunch of people to go out and see what people were doing. He said places were crowded uh, that they went into, and uh, he'd like to report that those businesses were not really living by all the standards. (laughs) Mark, what are you doing, man? Shut up. What are (laughs) you like the like a rich snitch? What is that? Stop it. Uh, but he said that, they, you know, there there are more people out and uh, and they're just kind of getting back to normal in all ways, mm. which I think is good. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Mr. Bill O'Reilly, a man who will not speculate on the uh, extra, uh, extraterrestrial uh, problem. Uh, welcome to it, Bill. How are you?
3: i have a uh border at my house is from venus
2: do, do you really yeah. Legal or are they no, here legally
3: the problem is the rent it's he's doing paypal but i can't take uh venetian currency
2: right. wow okay mm-hmm. well that sucks that sucks um
3: yeah. all right so, so my uh, let's i mean I'll, i can bring him in
2: I, <laughs> Uh, no, I think we're all booked up. Uh, Bill, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Michael Flynn and what's happening uh, there and what the DOJ has come out with. Can you give us any understanding of this in perspective?
3: Of course I can. Beck. Um, I'm a simple man, as you know, and um, I look at this not from a journalistic point of view, but from an American point of view. You have the most powerful investigative agency in the world, the FBI. It is now clear beyond any reasonable doubt that the ownership of the FBI, the people who ran it, and their top agents knew that an investigation into a presidential candidate and then a president was founded on no evidence whatsoever, none. So, the FBI continued to try to find evidence based on no probable cause. So, in order to investigate a a citizen, you've got to have probable cause. You just can't, police just can't walk in your house and say, look, we don't know if you did anything, but we're going to search the house. You can't do that. That's unconstitutional. That's what the FBI did.
2: Okay, now hang on. Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on there, because I I have a question about this so far. So far, I understand it. And that's exactly what uh, what uh, Barr was saying. They had they they knew they didn't have a case. They knew they had uh, not nothing. So that's like what getting them to lie is kind of like walking into the house, investigating for whatever, hoping to find something and then saying, you know what? I hear he really hates his wife's cooking when his wife is there. Let's ask him, do you hate your wife's cooking? No, I, I love my wife's cooking. And he he lies about that. You not a cannot go into somebody's house and just do that. But you also even if he was lying. You can't get him on that because you didn't have a reason to be in the house in the first place. In the first place. Absolutely. you're brilliant? That's what's happening. Right. That's. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I know. Brilliant man. I'm not a simple man. Yeah. Thank you.
3: Whatever Flynn did, whatever he did, and the big question he has to pick up, Pence has to explain why Pence went to Trump and said he misled. He lied. Yeah. Pence has got to explain it. But anyway. Getting back to the really important issue for every one of your listeners, you have a tremendous abuse of power and a crime because this prosecution was illegal. And you not only prosecuted General Flynn, but you tried to disrupt a presidential election in doing so. The only reason they went after Flynn, and everybody should be clear about this, is they wanted Flynn to flip on Trump. They wanted to put all this pressure on Flynn and his son, because his son worked with the general in their uh, consulting firm, hoping that Flynn would say, well, Trump told me to do it, told me to talk to the Russians. That's the only reason they went after the man
2: so so well hang on just a sec hang on hang on let me wait wait let let me ask you this question because i don't i I agree with you that that is one of the reasons i'm not sure it's the only reason you know barack obama it's now been found out that he knew all about it and had uncomfortable an uncomfortable encounter uh you know inserting himself in into some of this uh and Obama was passionately anti Flynn because he had Flynn as part of his uh, uh, of his council during his administration fired him because he took such a hard line on Islamic extremists. And Obama warned Donald Trump, don't take him, don't take him, did everything he could to make sure that Flynn didn't come in and reverse a lot of the Obama era policies on um on you know our fight on radicalized islam so is do you think that could have played a role too that he was not only trying to destroy trump but also if trump won he wanted to make sure that flynn was destroyed
3: i think that's speculation Beck. i i could not
2: I think it's pretty good speculation say,
3: well it's circumstantial evidence
1: But
2: I couldn't
3: say that Barack Obama ordered the FBI to get Flint. I I, I couldn't, could not say that. All right. Maybe. All right. Maybe. But Mm -hmm. that's not going to, believe me, that is not going to be in play. What's going to be in play is you've got to indict high ranking members of the FBI. Durham has to bring back enough evidence so that Barr indicts. Now, I think that will happen. Because it, the outrage in this country would be so intense if the Trump Justice Department did not file charges against the top-level FBI people.
2: So, so we're talking about Comey, McCabe. Right.
3: Comey, McCabe, Strzok, Page, and uh, what's his name? pre who wrote that uh, Yes. Handwritten memo? Yes, Those are the five, but remember, I haven't seen what Durham, I don't know anything what Durham has. But you would think that, from what we know, it's made public, those five people are in the kill zone. So, say three of them get indicted. Say two of them get indicted. Uh, I think that would mollify the American people, but if no one gets indicted...
2: No, be bad. I don't want I don't want just somebody indicted for it. I want this fixed. I mean, I think that's where the American people well, are. They, they don't want some political show.
3: You can't get it fixed until his convictions. Oh,
2: so no, I, I, I know that. It. But I'm I'm saying I think Clapper is another one that is involved deeply in this. There's evidence coming out now about Clapper. And what's, what's the wait. other one?
3: You've got to wait until Durham comes back with what Clapper did or no, did no. not do.
2: I know that. We're talking about...
3: <laughs> Look, Clapper...
2: You're you so funny.
3: <laughs> no, I'm just brilliant, and you got to keep up with me.
2: Clapper,
3: yes. <laughs> a circumstantial case, you can convict him, but you can't convict him like you can the others, the FBI, because now we yes. know, based on notes, handwritten notes in meetings, we know what they were trying to do. It isn't he said, Correct. she said. There's the evidence. You see it. We haven't seen the evidence against Clapper or Brennan or right. any of the Obama
2: people. Go ahead. You will. You will. So okay. so let me let me let me let me let me ask you this. I agree with you. We have to have evidence, and we have to have strong evidence because I want it clear. I don't want anyone to be able to say what uh, Schiff is now saying. What uh, what's the little fat man uh, uh, Nadler is saying now? Uh, that uh, that this is just uh, this is just uh, revenge, and this isn't uh, true. And and Barr is out of control. I we have to have real solid evidence, otherwise we turn into a banana republic.
3: Right, but I think that they do because Barr is a very smart man. Of all of the Obama, Obama of all the Trump cabinet members. All right, the two smartest, savviest are Barr and Pompeo. Mm -hmm. Those are the far and away, the two smartest guys. Barr Mm -hmm. is telling you in his selective interviews, we're going to get these guys. And he wouldn't be doing it if he had a wishy-washy case. The other guy who's going to get it, I don't think he's going to be indicted, is Mueller because Mueller did not include in his report much of this stuff that he knew, Mueller knew, and left it out of his report. Now, I don't know if that's a federal crime. I I don't think it is, but it's certainly corrupt. Is it not? Mueller was supposed to report on this whole thing, and he leaves out the FBI corruption.
2: Put it yeah, in. We haven't even we we haven't even seen anyone pay yet for what happened with the FISA court, and somebody needs to pay for all of this. Well, that's Otherwise, an, it's I think it's nothing. that's
3: where the indictments are going to come down. They're going to come down Good. in phony warrants, all right? Because that's a that's a felony, and then abuse of power. That's that's a felony for the FBI. The FBI abused their power, all right? By um, contriving a case against a citizen a general of all people but obviously everybody knows the overarches. they tried to get trump out of there that's why so here's my this and here's my concern i I had it. it it's as high as it gets this is
2: the best of the glenn beck program All right. Uh, You know, one thing that I have been thinking a lot about is schools and uh, and memories of our children of this uh, of this covid crisis. What's incredible to me is these parades that have been been going on. I just I love these parades. Have you had one yet, Stu? Have you had somebody come by and do a parade for you? Our daughter had her birthday parade. And just a few months late, uh, out
1: in front of our house the other day, and she loved it. In fact, my son is now saying he doesn't want a birthday party, he
2: wants the birthday parade thing. Which is pretty, it's pretty pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I really liked it. I, th- My daughter had a birthday, and uh, her parade happened, and it was really, it was amazing. It was really amazing to watch. Um, and I, I wondered as I watched this, what that memory will be like, because nobody we never had that memory you know and they'll they'll be able i remember the year that everybody was locked in and they had this parade well the one thing that i've thought of from the beginning is all of these seniors and their graduations uh seniors in college seniors in uh in schools all across the country you know you've gone for 12 years and and you don't get to stand up and have you know your name called you don't have that typical graduation well there is a uh, a principal uh in north carolina he's actually the 2018 north carolina principal of the year uh and his name is tabari wallace and he decided to do something do we have him on yet he's the he's the principal of west craven high school uh not to be confused with Wes craven high school uh which is completely (laughs) different you don't want to go to the boiler room in that one it's a bad (laughs) scene it's a bad bad scene uh but anyway uh west craven uh high school uh if we can't get him on that's fine he was supposed to be on i guess he's he's not with us yet um but what he did is he he sent out teams uh apparently um he stood in full graduation regalia in the parking lot with a megaphone coordinating all of the cars. Uh, the teachers were part of this parade, administrators, coaches, police officers, firefighters, community leaders. They were all set to, to go across the district. Now, they had four hours to cover 220 seniors. They broke up into 14 groups, each with a stack of personalized yard signs and a message you will graduate. Uh, and they did their own parade to uh, 220, uh, 220 students, but 485 square miles is what they had to cover. Wow. And they, they did the graduation and, and stopped by all of these uh, students. I just think this is really cool. Oh, he's on now um uh great i'm glad we can talk to him uh his name is tabari wallace and he's with us now hi tabari how are you how you doing glenn good it's good it's good to be on the um, show th- thank you i am i'm thrilled with what you did i think this is really a cool thing tell me about it
4: um well what we did was you know we we do know what the plight of the class of 2020 is going through right now and the least we yeah. can do as a school is to try to fill that void wherever possible And and we all know graduation and prom are are two life events that all of us pretty much as adults still remember. So what we did, the county, our county bought the signs and left it up to each individual principal on how to deploy the signs to the seniors. And what we decided to do, so because of the pandemic, our seniors couldn't come to us for graduation Well, we'll take a pseudo graduation to their house. So we assembled and we called. I don't know if you read the story, but we service 480 yeah, miles yeah. square miles. And we have 13 different clubs or townships, communities up north. Y'all would call them boroughs. Uh, but we have we have 13 of those. And we split up my staff of 80 joined. And we have municipalities from each of the service areas, fire department, uh, police. Uh, we had the, uh, our board of education members that represent the area. They were there. We had so many pile in. It was a community event. To make sure that we go and surprise and service these seniors
2: and we all stand out over that so, so they did did, go ahead. did they did they have any idea this was coming did you do this all kind of quietly uh this
4: is what i told them i told them that we had a senior surprise for them that they would never forget and i've got that relationship with my kids that i said now you know i Mr. the wallace do. So y'all need to be home between 8 and 2 o'clock. And the kids know in the, in the past, when I say that, it's some big celebration coming or somebody big to mm-hmm. visit our campus. So I said, make sure that you're home between 8 and 2, and then make sure that you have your parents there, your extended family, and cameras ready. So the kids knew something was coming. They just didn't know what it was. And when we pulled up with the fire trucks and the police blaring and everything, and we played the graduation, we played and circumstance over the loudspeaker, um, a lot of them ran back in and put their graduation garb on because they saw we were in full regalia. It was just a beautiful day, Glenn.
2: That I mean, is cool. That is really cool. And,
4: I mean, it was it was beautiful.
2: So uh, that will be the graduate. You won't have a graduation later in the summer, right? That That is the graduation?
4: Well, we did that just in case this ban, I mean, this pandemic, you know, the social distancing laws carry on through the summer. Our makeup date for graduation is going to be August 1. And if the social distancing laws haven't been relaxed by then, we have a, we have a second alternate date for December 19th, and we'll have to bring that inside. We've wow. already consulted with uh, the tourist center to make sure we can have it. Um, but, but the sign served that when, when we presented it, each child was, was told an elevator speech, and, and we told them, we said, we want you to put this outside your house. And every time you walk in and out your house to go somewhere or whatnot, we want you to look at that sign and let this serve as a bridge. And this is going to be a bridge that your community, your administration, your teachers, we're going to get you across the traditional stage so you're not robbed of that moment in time in life that we will never forget. And that's why we did, that's to cool. make sure they knew that. And then the kids get prom that afternoon. If we can have graduation, we're going to give them the prom as well. And they get to have a graduate in the morning. And then we got the prom that night at 7 o'clock. So it's going to be a busy day for the babies but it's much deserved because we do not want this pandemic to run
2: <laughs> so let me ask you this tabari um, because my kids are both in high school and they're not graduating but they're still going and they are really having a tough struggle with this virtual uh classes just really struggling uh and talking to the principals and everything at at my kids school they're saying this is not unusual uh, how does your because you're you're known for Carpe Diem. How how are you getting the kids to f- seize the day on this? I'm looking for some parental tips.
4: OK, what you <laughs> want to tell, you know, your child and what I would tell all your listeners and the children across America right now is that America cannot afford a 13 gap in learning. There's no way we can we can afford that in developing our future human capital. This is the workforce that is going to pretty much ensure our social social security, Glenn. Um, and so they need to yeah, understand gonna... that
2: we, you know what I'm
4: saying? They need to
2: understand. Yeah, you still believe have... in social security, but I get it. I get it. <laughs>
4: but uh, they, they 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 have to keep working because if your child is in math one and they stop working and they're deprived of a nine-weeks' worth or 13-weeks' worth of work, they're not prepared to go into math, too. And I can say that for English 1, 2, and 3, and English 4 is British Lit. Mm -hmm. If you haven't mastered the English vernacular, you will not be able to master when you get into British Lit and English 4, and that's a graduation requirement. No. So any any student across, you have to keep working. I know that they're saying it's a PC-13. All you're going to get is a pass on your transcript and this and that. But it's not about that. This is one time that grades really doesn't matter. It is about the investment in our student capital and that they do not have a gap in learning. That's why we have to keep encouraging our kids to keep working. And next year, it's going to be a little bit of that if these social distancing um, laws are not um, listed. The NEAE president was just on TV earlier this week stating that we'll probably have a form of A day, B day in regards to next year's learning that means half of the kids will be in your building on Monday and the other half will be home during digital learning. And then, and then you oh switch on Tuesday, you see what I'm saying? So that's mm, those are the ideas that are yeah. being kicked around right now. So we can have school in August. If, if, if this great United States that we have, if the doctors, the engineers and the scientists, if we don't figure this thing out and get that vaccine deployed and scaled, by the time August 17th hit, then we're looking at that form of instruction, and it will not be the traditional instruction and traditional school that me and you went through.
2: Wow. Um, well, I, I I hope we don't have to face that for many parents, many students, but uh, also for the future of America, because it's, it's not the same. or just jumping into something we've never tried before, and uh, a lot of kids could be uh, left behind, and, and the teachers really have their job cut out for them. This is this is this is the time to become heroic in uh, figuring out new ways to teach and to keep kids engaged. And Tabari sounds like you're the guy who is uh, doing that in uh, in your area. Congratulations on being the principal of the year in your entire state, North Carolina. It's good to talk to you, sir. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you so much, Glenn. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
2: You bet, Tabari Wallace. You can you can see why he's popular, especially the kids. He just. I mean, didn't his. <laughs> oh, totally. His joy kind of just jumped out on the first, you know, hey, how are you? Yeah. He has Good the guy. energy of someone you really like. Yeah, he does. Immediately. He does. Unlike unlike some of the principals I had uh, at <laughs> <in> school. <laughs> Oof.